Welcome to Sort of My Podcast. My name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human, and today we've got a few more topics than we did last week. But before we get into those, let's talk about some shoutouts. First shoutout, Akira Toriyama was knighted by France as a Knight of the Order of Arts and Letters, and that is just awesome. As a 90s kid, as a early 2000s Dragon Ball Z Toonami fan, I love seeing that this man is getting his due. Uh, I mean, he he invented an explosive anime property. Uh, arguably the most popular anime property of all time. And uh, to see him get knighted uh, by France or otherwise, awesome. Just really cool. And what else is really cool is Will Smith. And now I didn't need to tell you that. You didn't need me to tell you that. But uh, as to further his awesomeness, you may have seen this video going around uh, from the Aladdin red carpet. Or it could have just been some premiere from somewhere. I'm, I'm vague on the details. But anyways, it's his, uh, him talking to uh, these little girls who believe that he actually is the genie. And he talks to them and explains to them that he can't use his magic in public because adults would freak out. And so he has to hide that he's the genie like he does in the movie. And then he asks them, or they ask him, where is his friends? He says, Princess Jasmine's right over there. Have you met Prince, Princess Jasmine? They say, no. He, he takes them under the rope. Uh, obviously, there there's a little bit of an exchange with the parents there, but uh, takes them under the rope and goes and introduces them to uh, the actress who plays Princess Jasmine. It's just awesome. It's just awesome. And it's awesome of that actress, too, to play along with that. It's just, is really cool. Like, I mean, for a world where so few things are innocent, uh, that is just, that is just awesome. That a, a purveyor of the innocence uh, is Will Smith. And I, I appreciate him for that. And a big old shout out to him. So, but we've got news to cover, guys. We've got news. We've got trailers. So let's, uh, let's jump into those. The first thing, of course... The day I put up the last episode, the the most recent episode where I talk about the possibility of Robert Pattinson uh, being Batman, it gets officially announced. So <laughs> this is a little bit of house cleaning, but uh, I stand by what I said. Willing to give the guy a shot. I mean, it's a Batman movie. I will be in the theater regardless. Throw any trailer you want my way. And I will be in the theater. You put Batman on screen and in the sunlight he sparkles. I will be in that theater just to just to fucking see how this thing turns out. But I am told by those who have seen more films of his than mine and seen certain things circulating around the internet uh, that, that he is, he has broad range. I'm willing to give him a shot. You know, people had a problem with Michael Keaton when he got cast. People had a problem with Val Kilmer when he got cast. People had a problem with Christian Bale when he got cast. So Batman's always been kind of a controversial casting. Uh, I, I'll just, I'll, I need to branch out a little more. I'll give this guy two more movies. Uh, I'll try out two more of his movies. And if you want to suggest what those movies should be, just leave them down in the comments below. I'll check them out, uh, whatever gets the most suggestions. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, fuck it. It really doesn't matter in the end, because I'm going to go see it. It's Batman, like I said last time. Anyways. And speaking of things uh, I'm going to check out, or at least I was going to check out, uh, Deadly Class and Happy got canceled by Sci-Fi. Now, from what I understand, Happy, I could probably just go ahead and watch the first season and be okay. Fine, don't even have to touch the second, uh, although I hear it's really good too. But Deadly Class, getting canceled really bothers me. Uh, the reason is because I really like the book. I haven't finished the book, or rather, I, I'm not caught up with the book. Uh, I think I've read a total of maybe three, four volumes, maybe even five. I'm not sure. Uh, Alpha Spectre would know better. He was the one pushing the books on me. But uh, anyways, uh, I have read quite a bit of the book, and it's really great. Oh, my God, it's such a good 
uh, not really graphic novel, but it's such a good comic book. If you can find it, check it out. Uh, anyways, that made me really interested in the show, and the show looks dead on from the trailers I saw and everything, and I really wanted to watch it, but it's on sci-fi, you know? And their their whole app scheme sucks. If you miss too many episodes, like, there's no jumping back, and uh, it's not on any other streaming platform, as far as I know. Uh, so, I kind of missed the boat with the show a little bit, was going to jump back whenever the opportunity provided itself, uh, whether it pops up on Hulu or Netflix or whatever, but now I don't even know if I should bother. They are trying to save the show, shopping it around and stuff, uh, which seems to kind of be sci-fi's thing. They did the same thing with Constantine. They canceled it after one season and sold it off to the CW, which... Kind of smart on their part. Uh, and I would like to see Deadly Class saved. But, like, if it doesn't, if it never gets past this one season, I don't think I'm ever going to watch it. Because what's the point? They're, they're, they're never going to get to where they need to get, wherever the comic is headed, you know? I'm not. I'm only going to get to see that one season's worth of stuff brought to life. And that's, that's dissatisfying. I don't want to be left wanting. So it's better to never start it then start it and go, fuck, I really wish there was so much more of this. Like, there is no satisfying ending. I hate it when they do that type of stuff. My Name is Earl will always, like, be a burden on my viewing pleasure because I loved that show. I loved everything that was going on with that show, and you could see it was heading towards an end, and then it gets canceled, and we'll, we'll never see the end of that, or or the uh, the conclusion to the cliffhanger that I left off on, like, you know, just one more episode, just give us one more episode, it doesn't even have to be a finale episode, just finish what they were doing, uh, anyways, yeah, as you can see, this stuff irritates me, so why, why start Deadly Class, I don't know, uh, hopefully it gets picked up somewhere, I really hope it does, I really hope it gets, uh, a conclusion in the future, five, six, seven more seasons, don't care, whatever it needs, and, uh, and, and they keep what I'm hearing is a really good show, I, again, I haven't seen it, so I don't know, but I hear it's pretty fucking faithful, uh, yeah, anyways, Moving on from there, though, we're going to talk about some trailers. Uh, this first one, I kind of want to just get through quickly. Uh, Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance, had a teaser come out that is headed to Netflix, and it is the uh, continuation of the Dark Crystal story from the old Jim Henson movie, which, I'm going to say this, I saw it a few times as a kid. I remember really enjoying it. I've seen stills and a few clips like over time and stuff and it looks great. Uh, but honestly, I can't remember what happens in this movie. And I'm so sorry about that. I know, I know, I know. And again, I remember really enjoying it. I really, really should, uh, buy it again, it, just straight out buy it again, because I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it again, and it makes me wonder why I wasted money on Labyrinth, controversial opinion, because <laughs> that I did not see as a kid, I didn't see that until like four or five years ago, and I didn't really like it, some of the songs are catchy, and of course the puppeteering is great, but uh, the, the whole of the story just leaves me wanting, and I'm not a kid anymore, so it, it can't necessarily latch on to me. I feel like a lot of the love for that movie is dug straight out of nostalgia, where, where it's like, I, uh, another one, another great movie I can bring up in this point, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I love that 1990 film. I absolutely love it. I, it is dug into my being, but... The one time I stepped back and looked at it without nostalgia, stripped away the rose-colored glasses, and just compared it, old versus new, to the new Ninja Turtles movies uh, from Michael Bay, uh, at least that first one, I ended up siding with Michael Bay's movie, which is something I, did, I don't think I would have ever done before. And if you want to hear my deeper thoughts and opinions on that, if you're on the YouTube channel, that is right here on the YouTube channel. Just uh, It should be one of my main things on the 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 channel page but yeah i uh, never thought i'd come out on that end and it's because there's a lot of weak points in that movie and i think 
had I had I seen that movie, never seen that movie as a kid, and visited it as an adult, especially now when I'm 30, I'd have been like, those costumes are awesome, the turtles are pretty great, but uh, the movie overall, eh, you know. But I didn't. I saw it when I was a kid, and I fucking full on love that movie, uh, flaws and all. Uh, but you know. That's where I'm at with these types of things. But this trailer has me really excited to check this out. And and again, is a big motivator in making me want to just go out, buy the Dark Crystal, watch it again, fall in love again. Uh, because this... Uh, first of all, I forgot about the Darkening. I completely forgot about the Darkening. Uh, again, like I said, I forgot a lot about that movie. But... Uh, yeah, wow, this trailer brings a lot back for me, and, uh, wow, uh, the puppeteering, top-notch, like, I would expect nothing less from the Jim Henson company, but even better than that, it blends so well with the CG stuff that you do see, like, and the only reason you know it's CG is because uh, common sense, you know, practical thinking. It's like, oh, how would they get a puppet to do this thing amongst this background, you know? Like, this is obviously CG, but only obviously because I am a functioning human... Like, uh, I have a functioning brain that can practically break down these things. I don't know. Fucking, I don't know what I'm trying to say there. But what, what I do know is this looks awesome. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a big, sprawling adventure. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fantastical. Uh, I can't wait. I really can't wait to see this. August 30th, going up on Netflix. Uh, yeah, just one more fucking amazing series <laughs> to pile on top of the fucking, what, 30, 40, 50 other ones that I'm either interested in and or currently watching. Like, Jesus. <laughs> You know, fine, one more, cool. I will never, I will never say no to new great content, you know? Like, I mean, hopefully, I've got a lot of time left on this planet to get around to all the things that I really want to, because that is my retirement plan. That is why I collect all these comics and movies and, and video games and stuff, because I'm just, I'm hoping I will get to a point where I can retire, and then that's what I do all the time, is just fucking nerdphoria for for the rest of my life till I fucking kick it. Uh, yeah. Plus, that might make me, like, the coolest grandpa slash potentially great grandpa ever. I, I hope I don't live that long. Now I'm getting into some deep shit. But, uh, anyways, uh, speaking of things that won't live that long, the Rambo franchise is supposed to be coming to an end, and we, we got a trailer, a first teaser or whatever, for Rambo Last Blood. Now, I am a big Rambo fan. My only contention with <laughs> this movie is that, man, I already have the four movie collector set with like the six discs and all that. Now that's going to be obsolete and I'm going to have to buy a new Blu-ray one, blah, 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 whatever. Uh, but that's just, you know, the, the game you get into when you become a collector, especially these days in the age of remakes and reboots and continuations and newfound footage and all that shit. But one thing a lot of people are having a problem with this trailer is the Old Town Road song, uh, which I have never heard before. Uh, I, I'm so, uh, so far removed from the music world these days because, honestly, and it's probably because I'm getting older, and I, like, I, I recognize that, uh, but a lot of music just either sounds like it's trying to be exactly like music I grew up with, which was changing the game, or it's really bad mumbly garbage or noise. And I honestly don't feel like that's just me being old. I, like, I mean, I have heard some of these newer songs that are just terrible, just awful. But this Old Town Road song, as I understand it, is supposed to be a country rap song. Maybe I'm not right there. Uh, but if that is the case, whatever that song is in its other incarnation, in its original incarnation, 
I'm not getting that here. And it actually fits really well. And they blended it with some orchestral score. Uh, I think it really works in this trailer. I really enjoyed in this trailer. And it seems to really fit the theme of this whole thing. Uh, I think that if there's one thing to hate about the trailer itself, uh, I think it's going to, I think it gives away the ending. Uh, not necessarily because it's about the journey and not the destination, but <laughs> it's like there's that part in the barn where he's obviously being shot or stabbed a few times or whatever, and he's fucked up and he's pulling out the knife and he's covered in blood. I feel like that's the final bite, right? I feel like that that shot of him with the knife over top is the end of the film. And once we see, it, once we're about an hour and a half into the movie, we see him in that barn in that shot. I, then I'll know I'm right. But, yeah, I think uh, that's a little bothersome. But, you know what, fuck it, it's a cool shot, and it fits the whole can't ride no more, like, the, what the song is saying in that moment. Really impactful trailer, really good, and the action looks good, and we're gonna see him set a bunch of traps and all the shit we love about Rambo. He's taking on some Mexican cartel, which is, like, y- you feel like, with some of the things we've seen Rambo do, maybe that's like, oh, wow, really a Mexican cartel? But those fuckers badass. Like, I, I don't mean badass and like, oh, man, I really wish I was like the raping, murdering, fucking drug peddling Mexican cartel. No, they're badass in a way. Like, you don't want to fuck with them. Like, and here's Rambo fucking with them. So, uh, but I'm sure they drew first blood. Anyways, it looks really cool. Uh, I can't wait to see it. I don't know when this is in theaters, but, uh, the, the trailer title says 2019 movie. It says coming soon in the, the teaser. So I keep flipping between those things. Teasers feel less and less like teasers. Aren't, aren't teasers supposed to be like 30 seconds? It's supposed to tease you. Why does a fucking trailer have to be three and a half, four minutes? Like, fuck, that was a trailer right there. That trailer got me in the seat. That that just bought my ticket. Yeah, so I don't know. That's just a pet peeve of mine. Something I probably won't be nitpicking too much is the upcoming Pokemon games Sword and Shield for the Nintendo Switch. We got a Nintendo Direct uh, thing that revealed a whole bunch of stuff, but there was a Dynamax-themed trailer, like basically a new Pokemon Sword and Shield trailer. And I want to break this thing down because there was so much cool stuff that I saw in there. And the first thing I want to say is these games, since black and white, have become more and more visually spectacular. So much more going on in the world. These these worlds have come to life, and uh, it's just getting better each and each generation. And this one, I really think, takes it to the next level. Uh, and some of these new Pokemon we're seeing in this trailer were pretty great, too. Finally, there is a sixth turtle Pokemon, so now I can have my all-turtle team, but uh, Corviknight is really stealing the show. I've even seen the memes going around of the uh, the old fly uh, bird from some of the other uh, 3DS games, but uh, and, and, oh, it's been Corviknight this whole time, but Corviknight looks awesome. Obviously, new flagship Pokemon. Uh, each generation has like three or four, like this is going to be the one, and that's going to be the one. Uh, and included in these new Pokemon reveals are the legendaries for this game. Uh, let me see. Where are your names? I am on uh, I'm on Cerebi.net right now, looking for this. Uh, Zakian and Zamazenta. Zamazenta. Um, I'm not sure which one is which, honestly, but the one with the sword is awesome. I really like that. But they're both wolf Pokemon. One has a sword theme, one has a shield theme. Ah, eh, you get it. And it seems like at the end of this thing, like, they're being approached by something big. So, obviously, there is a third legendary on the way of being revealed. And uh, I wonder what that's going to be. But, yeah, the sword one is definitely where I'm going to go. Usually, I go after the darker shaded uh, Pokemon games, like red and gold and so on and so forth. Uh, So, I was thinking about shield, but after seeing these legendaries, I definitely want to jump on with sword. 
Uh, I'm also a big fan of this whole Dynamax thing. Like, another thing that has become kind of a staple for each gen is uh, these gimmick Pokemon forms or ability type things, uh, you know, with uh, Max Evo- Mega Evolution and uh, Z moves and stuff like that. Uh, and this is no different. I do love that they are limiting it to you can only do it with one Pokemon per battle one time and it only lasts three rounds. That is a really good way to treat something like this. Uh, otherwise, it's just OP, it's boring, it just, it's too overusable. And even when we have things like Z-Moves and, Max, and Mega Evolution, I don't always use it. I trust in my Pokemon and my ability to train my Pokemon to where I only use it when it's, it is time to use it or somebody else busts it out on me, you know? So, I love those limitations. That is, that is a, an appropriate way to treat it. Now... Let's talk about the big thing in this trailer, the thing that I have been talking about since they started discussing putting Pokemon games on console. Open world roaming. Now, this game is not going to be all that. It is not going to be the Skyrim of Pokemon games that I am so desperately waiting on. And I have faith in the Pokemon company. I think that we will eventually get that game. and It's just a matter of time. So, I can hold out for that. I've been waiting long enough. I've been waiting arguably too long, because they could have been doing that kind of thing since probably the fucking N64. But, you know, I'm no video game programmer, so I'm not going to go there. What I am going to say, though, is that finally we get the first taste of what something like that can be. Because, as I understand it, there are either there's either one area... That will constantly be in flux due to weather and, uh, and, and season changes. Or there are several, uh, within the game, open world roaming areas. Where the Pokemon are just out there and free and you can approach them in battle. Which is another new thing. There, there are two ways. Uh, much like in Pokemon Let's Go, the, the Pokemon spring up and you get to see them running around in the grass and whatever. And they can approach you or you can approach them. Uh, seems like that's still going to play an element, but there's also like hidden Pokemon and you'll see a big exclamation point, somewhat like the thing we've come to know and love over 20 years. Uh, so, so there's going to be a variety of ways to approach new Pokemon for catching and stuff, but these open world areas are just the first taste of what these games can be. And I am so excited to get my hands on that, get get in those areas and like run around and explore and see what little hidden things are. And I really hope they've hidden like little areas off to the side, little explorative adventures in those uh, pocket open world roaming things. Uh, and another new thing is going to be raid battles. That sounds pretty cool. I'm not much on multiplayer, but... These raid, these group raid battles that you can engage in with Pokemon. Honestly, I can see myself dabbling in the community aspect of video games. Pokemon is my opening to that kind of thing, and uh, I'm I I can see myself really playing a lot of these raid battles. My son is gonna lose his <laughs> his switch when this game comes out guaranteed <laughs> um, but yeah man this looks like so much fun just uh, i'm i'm so happy a pokemon game has me like revitalized and excited again you know pokemon let's go definitely did that and while it has been slow going actually beating the game i am finally at the elite four um and i'm gonna do it but it's it's not this That is Pokemon Red and Blue on console. And I love that idea. But I've beat Pokemon Red and Blue a thousand times. Heart, or not Heart Gold. I'm sorry, but I did beat that a lot too. Um, What was it? Leaf Green and Fire Red. Played played the crap out of those. You know, I know that story. I've played hack versions of that story just to get new takes on it and stuff. I even revisited it for the 20th anniversary because I finally wanted to catch a Mew legitimately. The only way you can catch a Mew in an actual Pokemon cartridge uh, from Red and Blue. 
uh, without a game cheat or anything like that. Uh, so I have taken those games to the limit. And I am so ready for something like this. This is what I've been wanting for a very long time. And we're so close to what I've ultimately wanted. Like, Pokemon Ultimate Version. That is what I want. A big, open-world, crazy fucking game with, like, a million hours of gameplay. Uh, fucking, yeah, that's that's what I want. All right. So, that is going to do it for the big discussionary news of this episode, which is why we're going to visit the phone booth. It's time for the news, the phone booth news. That's right, everyone. It's time for the phone booth news, where I try to give you the news faster than Deadpool can save the day, which gives me 3 minutes 45 seconds. And today, phone booth news is brought to you by We're Bad at This clothing and apparel do you want a sweet cobra kai course banquet crossover t-shirt do you want the baby stark do 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 t-shirt do you want an awesome pillow with a stack of vhs tapes with things written on them like uh the star wars holiday special all roseanne episodes grandma's 75th birthday bash uh, all of this and so many more designs, 16 in total, are available on the T Public We're Bad at This clothing and apparel shop. Uh, link down below if you want to check that out. And there are constantly deals going on, like 35% off, and so on and so forth. That's tpublic.com/slash We're Bad at This. And with that said and done, with my finger on the button, three, two. One. In video game news, in a DLC character reveal trailer for Samsung, Sindel, and Nightwolf, Spawn was also revealed to be coming to Mortal Kombat 11. The popular Ghostbusters video game from 2009 is getting a remastered edition for PC and console. No release date has been announced. The Pokemon Company has announced that an all-new Detective Pikachu game for Nintendo Switch is promised to conclude the story of the original 3DS Detective Pikachu game. In comics news, DC Comics announced the clown prince of crime and his former sidekick Harley Quinn will receive a nine-issue series under the DC Black Label under uh, in October <laughs> on October 2nd titled Joker Harley Criminal Sanity from writers Cami Garcia and artist Mike Mayhew and Miko Suyan. Uh, the legendary Denver comic shop Mile High Comics suffered a break-in on May 25th. The thief only stole 14 comics, but those 14 comics were valued at over $42,000 and included New Mutants number 98, Avengers number 1, and Justice League of America number 1. In TV news, over 30 years after the Dungeons & Dragons animated series was cancelled prematurely, the show finally has a conclusion in a new live-action Brazilian car commercial from French automaker Renault. The Jurassic Park franchise is expanding with the animated series Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous over at Netflix. The series centers on six teenagers who embark on a journey at a camp on the other side of Isla Nubar. Nubar. <laughs> only to succumb to the mayhem that unfolds in 2015's Jurassic World. Netflix has also announced that they will be launching a Magic the Gathering anime series based on the long-running trade card, trading card game and helmed by the Russo brothers. No dates have been announced. Lucifer has been renewed for a fifth and final season, while the long-lost alternate ending for Quantum Leap has resurfaced on the r slash lost media subreddit after 26 years. Due to an accounting error made by the state of North Carolina, resulting in millions more in production costs, Warner Media has forced the uh, was forced to cancel the upcoming DC Universe series, or should I say, rather, currently airing DC Universe series, Swamp Thing. In movie news, according to BuzzFeed News, Lucasfilm is developing a Star Wars: The Knights of the Old Republic film. It's the un uh, it's unknown if this has. It is unknown if this is the previously announced film held, helmed by the Game of Thrones showrunners D.B. Weiss and David Benioff. Speaking with Variety, Harrison Ford has confirmed that Indiana Jones 5 should begin filming sometime in 2020. And according to a new interview with Akio, uh, Akio Ayoku, 
A new Dragon Ball Super movie is in the works. In celebration of the film's 40th anniversary, the Muppet movie is coming back to theaters thanks to Fathom Events. The film hits theaters on Thursday, July 25th and Tuesday, July 30th. In other news, continuing their celebration of the 80 years of Batman, DC has launched an official Twitter account for the character, announcing its existence with a tweet that reads, Did somebody light the bat signal? And that is the news. And we're stopping the clock. Three minutes, 32 seconds. All right, I did it, even though I stumbled there. But that one went pretty good for a while. A lot of interesting stuff in, and and I mean interesting stuff in there. Uh, I really want to see the Muppet movie in theaters. Obviously, I never got the chance 40 years ago because I'm 30. But (laughs) I have seen it like a million times in my life, and I love that movie. So I would love to see it in uh, in theaters it really sucks about mile high comics though that is a legendary comic shop and uh for them to to suffer that break in lose some really treasured items and you gotta hope uh, one thing i really hope is with things on the line like avengers number one and justice league of america number one i just hope the thief knows what he has i i he or she whatever because women can be thieves too it's 2019 uh <laughs> What the fuck am I saying? Anyways, yeah, I just I hope they know what they have and they're taking care of it. Like it wasn't a smash and grab, like grab it up, clenching fists and fucking like cramming shit in bags and stuff. Like I don't know what I'm thinking happened here, but like yeah, I, I just I really hope that like I hope they get caught. And I hope the merchandise is safe and and well taken care of in the meantime. Uh, but I think this is the part of the show where we should get caught up, guys. Uh, this is the part of the show where I tell you what I've been watching, reading, listening to, whatever, you know, whatever I'm getting caught up on. I want to catch you guys up on. Unfortunately, I haven't been getting caught up on too much because I am currently moving to this nice place countryside a lot of open space uh hey hey fidget the wonder cat there staking her claim on the mattress i record in front of yeah yeah that's how i do it anyways yeah so uh what i have been doing though uh i'm kind of signing off of wwe lately it's uh it's yeah it's really gone downhill um I think I'm going to watch the uh, Goldberg-Undertaker match at Super Showdown uh, before my uh, cancellation of WWE Network kicks in because I'm done paying $10 a month for something I barely ever watch. And they make it so hard to find the matches that you want to see. You you think of a match, you're like, oh, man, I'd really love to see that. Uh, Let's go check it out. And I'm fucking, and and I'm in an hour, an hour trying to find this thing. I don't even find it. I give up because fuck it. I don't care. Switch over to Netflix. Um, it was like that when I saw, um, what, uh, the movie about Paige recently, um, fighting with my family. Uh, they, they have her debut match in there and I was like, ah, is this, how close is this to her actual debut match? So I wanted to go watch it and couldn't find it. Couldn't find it on YouTube. Couldn't find it on WWE network. Uh, I, I found the date and the show that it happened. So I so- started searching for that specific show. Couldn't find that show. Uh, fucking, so whatever I gave up and I, I put in a solid hour and a half trying to fucking find this goddamn thing. But, uh, because after a certain amount of time, it's personal and I'm very determined before I eventually just give up. But yeah, it's just, I don't care anymore. I am waiting for AEW's whole thing to kick in with TNT, waiting for them to pop up on a, uh, fucking streaming service that I already have because I'm not signing up for a new one. Uh, I'm waiting for Disney Plus and then that's it. Then that's the last one. I'm done. Uh, unless DC Universe eventually ends up going down, which I'm starting to get a little afraid of. But, uh, yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not signing up for anything else. Uh, AEW can come to me. I'm not coming to it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but I am hearing it's really good. I'm, I'm hearing some, like, classic matches are going down, so I really hope it pops up within my spectrum very soon. Uh, have I talked about PlayStation VR yet? Uh, <laughs> I can't remember if I mentioned it on the podcast. But, yeah, 
a few weeks ago, I got a PlayStation VR. Uh, it was while I was looking for an apartment, and uh, I just kind of happened upon this because I finally, after years, got my income tax check. They've been taking it for things like student loans for like the past seven years, so I didn't even expect to get it, but I got it. And I was like, okay, I gotta treat yourself. So I was thinking PlayStation VR, and so I found a PlayStation VR with two move controllers, uh, the whole charging stand bit thing, uh, just the whole rig, and seven games, uh, including Skyrim and Doom and Batman, all for just 200 bucks. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, because PlayStation VR alone is going to cost me 300 Uh So, boom, snatch that up. And I have had a blast. Now, I do need to say this, like, after a little while, especially because I wear glasses, it will hurt your eyes, uh, like, if you play for too long. Uh, after your first few times playing, after you take the headset off and stuff, it is disorienting a little bit. Uh, but eventually, you do get used to it and stuff. And while you're in it, wow, it is so cool. Like... I'm sitting there creating my character in Skyrim and I decide to turn around and there's the guy staring at me and I can just get up in his face. Like, turn to the side and see, like, the, the features on his nose and stuff. And we are talking about Skyrim gra- uh, graphics here. Skyrim may be one of my favorite games of all time. And I can at least admit that the updated graphics, for what they are, uh, at least in the PlayStation 4 version... We're good. It's, it looks good, but uh, it's still still Skyrim graphics, so it's nothing like... I don't feel like I'm looking at a real guy, but you are engulfed in this world. It is it, it, within your peripherals and everything. You are in this world, and it is so much fun. I can't wait to play Doom. Can't wait to play Batman, but so far I've just been playing Skyrim, and it is a good time. Also, they have a demo on the old demo disc that I got for it, for that bar fight game that I've seen pop up in so many YouTube videos, uh, or, well, YouTube videos and, uh, Facebook videos, and that looks so much fun, so fucking silly, so I can't wait to do that. Uh, finally, I saw Once Upon a Deadpool, it is on, uh, HBO, uh, Hulu add-on, and so I watched it there, because I've decided to keep the HBO add-on, which is one more reason why I canceled WWE Network, uh, because there's a lot of good stuff on there, and I, I watched all of Veep, and that was really good, and, uh, finished Game of Thrones on there, I need to watch that documentary, but, uh, yeah, uh, I, I've decided to keep it, watched Once Upon a Deadpool, and it's good, you know, honestly, I could pick either movie, Deadpool 2 or Once Upon a Deadpool doesn't really matter. Uh, You get the same story. It's the same good times, same good moments. Uh, The movie is better the second time around. I remember not being too over-the-top impressed with it uh, the first time. I had some fun with it the second time around. And uh, it, it doesn't have much in the way of new scenes, excluding the Fred Savage stuff. It has, like, maybe one or two new scenes that I can really speak of or remember off the top of my head. But uh, the Fred Savage stuff is fun, though. It is really fun to see it play out as, like, Deadpool is telling a story to Fred Savage. Uh, so, really, honestly, it just... Basically, all you gotta ask yourself is, uh, do I want to see... Fred Savage in Deadpool 2 this time, or do I just want to watch Deadpool 2? And you get the same movie either way. Uh, Yeah, it's a little downplayed. There's some censorship in the Once Upon a Deadpool, but whatever. It's Who cares? Uh, I finished Heroes in Crisis, and as I said last time I talked about this book, uh, issue 8, I I was so pissed off about it. I, I couldn't believe what they were trying to pull with that. And then... Issue 9 redeemed it for me. Honestly, there is a moment in there where Wally West is talking to his future self and they're having a heart-to-heart because one of the reasons Wally West is at Sanctuary is because he is trying to cope with the fact that the man he adored basically erased uh, his wife and children. And, And he's trying to figure out how to deal with that loss. And there is this, and I don't want to spoil it if you haven't read it already, uh, because it is still a pretty fresh book. Uh, 
there is this really impactful and meaningful to me personally back and forth between himself and his future self that is just like heartbreaking and and easy for me to understand having having felt a lot of those feelings uh and I, it really redeemed the reasoning for the things that happened in issue 8 uh overall it is not a bad book is it like high octane superhero action no it is character pieces it is uh deconstructive it it tries to tell a bit of a mystery story on top of like how are these heroes dealing with these things and what is the media saying about these leaks from these superhero tapes and stuff uh yeah it, it really raises a lot of questions it asks a lot of important questions and overall heroes in crisis really glad i decided to jump on board i jumped on late uh it was about three issues in when i finally decided to pull that trigger uh so glad i did though glad i did uh we're gonna do some reviews here guys and i didn't expect this episode to be so jam-packed but we got two movies to talk about here first one we're gonna talk about is detective pikachu so spoiler free first of all i want to say uh awesome movie for the kids great movie for the kids and for the adults it's fun too hey 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 apparently not too fun for my own little Pokemon over here. Huh? Okay, what I gotta let the cat out. Let the cat out. I did. I did. I did. Okay, now she's trying to get back in. Hey! Pick a lane. Pick a lane and stay in it. Here. <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyways. Detective Pikachu, really fun for the adults, too. I had a good time watching it. The kids in the theater were having a great time with it. And, you know, it's a fun little detective story. It, it, it It's really easy to follow, but at the same time, it's not overly predictable. Some of the things I did think were going to happen didn't happen. Like, I'm sitting there going, like, oh, this person definitely going to be a bad guy. Nope, not the case. Uh, and I feel like it treats its world as expansively as I was talking about how Pokemon games have been treating it. There is a lot going on in this city. And uh, honestly, you're not going to catch it all the first time. <laughs> I didn't even notice I did it when I did it. <laughs> but I did it. Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, it, it's just there's a lot going on and I love the the rendering of these Pokemon I, I feel like we're trying to make them realistic and of course these are CG creatures we're not talking about a Marvel budget here you know so for what, for what they were going to give us, what for what they could have given us, this looks great and it looks realistic, you know? The, like, yes, Charmander is kind of slick and shiny uh, and looks a little wet because he's a salamander. Duh. Oh, it's Charizard scaly and kind of rough skinned? Yeah. He's like a dragon. He's like a fucking lizard dragon. Of course he's going to be. Uh, Jigglypuff is hairy. Yeah, duh. Yeah, duh. He's hairy. She's hairy. Whatever. Uh, fuck it. You know? Like, these are supposed to be realistic versions of Pokemon. And that's what they gave us. And I think it looks great. I think they did a great job with it. And they've got the classic voices. They're doing all the voices, you know? It's good. It's really good. Now, spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. There is a moment in here that I, that I like, full-on want to jump into is that a lot of people were thinking that this Pikachu was going to be Ash's Pikachu. I never wanted that to be the case. I didn't want that to be the case at all. Or maybe even that Ash was this guy's dad. Uh, no, not the case at all. And in fact, the trailer flat out says Harry is his dad's name. So that was a stupid one to begin with. But uh, what does end up happening is it turns out that Mewtwo has the ability to combine people and Pokemon, which it turns out to be our main villain's whole goal is to create a perfectly symbiotic relationship with people and Pokemon by taking over Mewtwo's mind uh, through technology and yada yada. And it, it, it seems that in order to save Harry's life, Mewtwo had done this during his escape from a thing. 
I think that was really clever. I, I think it was really nice due to some of the moments we get between Pikachu and our main character, who, again, I can't remember his name. Justice Smith is the actor. I don't know. Uh, Pikachu calls him kid a lot. But, yeah. And uh, I, I thought that was really clever. Uh, I don't like how it's so... We're the first live-action Pokemon movie because of the moment where where Pikachu is walking down this bridge and crying and singing the Pokemon theme song at the same time. I'm like, ah, what a sh- what a shitty way to introduce the Pokemon theme song in the in in a first live-action movie for the first time. I, uh, I just didn't like it. Yeah, okay, fine. Objectively, is a funny shirt, but I just feel like we, like we lit that match. Now we never have to use it again. Not that they won't, but it just feels like they have that excuse. Well, we did it in Detective Pikachu. There you go. Um, and then it, it's got the classic like uh, Pokemon credits theme from like Red and Blue during the, the, the credits. Now, if they do this every movie... Cool, fine, all right. But again, I feel like, uh, couldn't you use the credits from Detective Pikachu? Couldn't you use that theme song? Like, I wouldn't have gotten it, like, because I've never played that game. But, like, at least it would have been something for the people who have played that game. It would have made sense for this movie. Like, why why burn that song? He never even took on the fucking Elite Four. Like, what the hell are you doing with that? Like, these are the nitpicks I have as a long-time Pokemon fan. But, again, it was a fun movie. There there are a lot of, like, interesting, fun characters. This chick in here, this reporter chick, or wannabe reporter chick, ah, fuck, I know I've seen her from something before. And I I still haven't even looked it up. You know what? I'm going to look it up while I'm talking. (laughs) But uh, she was really fun. She has a Psyduck. And uh, apparently Psyduck explodes when he gets headaches. I don't remember that being a thing. But uh, I remember his, like, psychic powers will overact when when the headache gets too bad. But I I don't ever remember Psyduck exploding. Uh, the Mr. Mime thing that I thought was going to be really stupid actually... Wow, that was such a fun scene. <laughs> he lights that. What does he murder that Mr. Mime? How does that work? Because like we see, he creates the invisible barriers, and every time they're doing something, there is foley work involved with it. Like when he's like attempting to get away on the motorbike, there are motorbike sounds and stuff. And when our main character like lights the match, like you hear the lighting of the match sound. And when when he creates that wall, an invisible wall, Pikachu jumps into it and gets hurt because he jumps into a wall. So, uh, yeah. So when he drops that match, is that Mr. Mime dead? Did they kill a Mr. Mime? Cause fuck, wow. Um, I also really enjoyed the underground Pokemon battle scene because in this movie, uh, Pokemon battles are uh, not allowed in the city that they're in. Like this is supposed to be like a harmonious city where Pokemon and people work together. No battling, no capturing. It's just a tandem relationship, and I think that's really cool. Like that really removed a lot of what could have been distracting elements. Like yes. Do it's the first Pokemon live action film, so we got to see a battle go down, and we do, and it is really cool. This Gengar versus Blastoise scene was really awesome. I love how they decide to use a lot of the Pokemon's powers in here. Again, we have the uh, cr- uh, question <laughs> questionable Psyduck thing, but yeah, the way they use these Pokemon in this film is just clever and on par with like what we've seen in anime and in the video games and stuff and I think uh, I think we get a lot from that blockers that is what she's from fuck I knew I'd seen her uh, before uh, the actress is Catherine Newton and she was one of the daughters in blockers uh, which is a really funny movie I, I really enjoy it oh she's also Claire on Supernat. that's what it was it wasn't blockers She's Claire on Supernatural for, like, the last four years. Yeah, so so that is what it was. Uh, fuck, I knew I knew that girl. And uh, I don't really like Claire on Supernatural, but I really liked her in this. And I liked her in Blockers, too. She's really good. Uh, I hope to see more of that chick pop up. But, yeah, 
ultimately really fun movie really really cute like is it astounding is it groundbreaking do i have to run at him by it immediately no but uh i do see myself owning this down the line i do see myself watching it again not in theaters but uh i i'm glad i saw it would have gladly paid full price but i uh i saw it in a five dollar matinee moving on from there though we've got Godzilla King of the Monsters to talk about. Uh, if you followed the Subject to Change Entertainment Facebook page, you saw that I decided to put this episode off because last night, which was Friday night, I decided to go see Godzilla King of the Monsters with Vin, Vinny Herman, Vinny Wise, and uh, we had a good time. I will say this about the, the movie. What you've been reading about too many monster fights, not enough human stuff is inaccurate. <laughs> There's definitely more monster fights. So, you know, oh, and we're in spoiler free here. Uh, I don't know if you, I hope you didn't know to shut it off. Should have said that at the beginning. Spoiler free. Uh, there's plenty more monster fights. Don't worry about that. Uh, are there some bothersome elements to a few of these monster fights? Sure. But plenty more monster fights and it is cool but uh we still spend way too much time with the humans in the in this movie uh speaking of these humans unfortunately again too many of them too many characters and so many of them are forgettable uh and the ones that aren't forgettable are pretty good uh i like uh, millie bobby brown in this uh she she is serviceable in what she's supposed to be doing uh the mother ends up being a very interesting character the father though is he is the poor man's carl urban uh, and I, I don't really care about him like they, they could have put anyone in that role who cares but uh ultimately serviceable plot to the monster fights like the things the humans do in this movie does service moving these monsters forward and putting them where they need to be to get into this fight and that fight and like we're starting here we're starting there uh we also get to see the monsters sooner than an hour in we get to see them almost immediately now do they start fighting right away no but they i don't really think they need to we need again we need to move them along we need to put them here put them there uh so no we don't see them fighting right away but what we do get to see from them before the fights start is really cool, really visually spectacular. And that is a really great thing about this movie. One of the best things is there are so many like, wow, look at the spectacle here shots, especially with King Ghidorah. Um, I love so many of the shots in this movie. Cinematically, they're just really cool. Now, moving into spoiler territory, uh, Wow, one thing I didn't see coming, and I guess a lot of people were calling it from the theater, or not the theater, but the trailers, uh, so call me stupid, but didn't see the mom turning the way she did, and then going like, we need these guys to destroy like a lot of this planet so we can live in harmony. Uh, and one of the cool elements to that is the idea here is that we're we're supposed to be using these creatures who are here long before us to restore some balance to the world because look at what happened to these areas where Godzilla destroyed it and and look at this area that Godzilla destroyed now humans and and uh, well, we kind of got a movie theme going on here humans and nature are living together like nature's reclaiming what is rightfully is it's but humans are adapting to this as well uh, so I think that's a really interesting concept, but what they didn't bank on was the fact that apparently, and I, and I love this, I'm saying apparently be, uh, from the perspective of the movie, but I, I know this from classic Godzilla, um, Ghidra is from another planet. So he's not here to help restore the world or keep it the way it is, be its protector. He's here to rule and destroy <laughs> that is what makes him our big antagonist for Godzilla because before him, Godzilla was king of the monsters. Uh, uh, uh. And they have decided to go after the, the strong, uh, the Titans have decided to follow the stronger uh, uh, Titan, whatever you want to call it. 
Uh, and I, I think that is really cool. That that gives us the reason for the grudge match. It's not just monsters fighting, which is good enough, but it it puts some stakes there. Like Godzilla has something to lose more than just his life. King Ghidra is there to rule and destroy amazing elements here for this fight. And I love it. Uh, they pay attention to what is necessary for these films. Now, unfortunately, they also pay attention to shit that is really unnecessary for these films. Like I said, there are a lot of characters, and we spend too much time giving too many of them that I will never know the names of time on screen. To be, uh, like, we follow this general, like, she keeps popping up here, she pops up here, and then there's this whole thing where we gotta save her and stuff, and like, who gives a fuck? King Ghidorah is, is, is jumping out. Oh, here comes Godzilla. I don't care about that general. I care more about if you want to pick things out of that moment on that bridge when they set Ghidorah free, uh, the things I care about are the family drama. I care that the mom just turned. I care how that's affecting uh, Millie Bobby Brown's character. I care th about what that's doing to the dad. I don't give a fuck about the general. Who gives a shit? Why are we focusing on her? Why are we focusing on some of the soldiers and like them getting away and going, oh shit, fuck them. <laughs> I don't care. You could easily cut, I think this movie was like two hours, 14 minutes, something like that. You could definitely cut a half an hour out of this film and it'd be fucking phenomenal. Uh, there's still things you can't get away from like a goddamn, like fucking this big, like the camera is way out. So we're seeing everything going down with Godzilla and Ghidra, and they're, like, so far apart, and then they rush each other, and boom, they clash, and you're seeing them fucking go at it, and then this gigantic plane comes right into center fucking vision, covering up the fight. What are you doing? Why? I get it. It, it is expensive and time-consuming to render the shit out of these things and make them look great and they do look great when you see them uh, because there is a lot of darkness there is a lot of rain but unlike the last movie where yeah you can like especially on the second viewing you can definitely see what's going on with the monster fights it's too dark this time it's dark in a way that you can see everything that's going on and yeah you know cloud cover and rain and stuff Okay, I get it. It makes it easier to animate the these monsters. But fuck, man. Don't throw that plane in there. Guess what I don't care about? Watching the characters escape these fucking things every single time in minute detail on how they're getting away. You want to show them escaping everything? You want them to be deep in the shit and then escape narrowly? Fine. But you can do that so much quicker. Again, there is a moment where, like, the mom and dad are going to find Millie Bobby Brown, who has went to their family home, and, like, that area is getting destroyed, so they're trying to find their fucking little girl. Cool. Okay, I get it. That That is emotional stakes for these characters. There's something there to give a shit about. What we shouldn't be focusing on is a solid minute of, like, this guy's leg is hurt, this random fucking soldier we've never heard the name of as far as I know, and again, if we did, I will never know his name. Uh, we're going to care about that guy for, like, this part and this part. We're going to be talking in the back seat about it. We're going to cut to a clip of them, like, trying to fix his leg. Who gives a fuck about him? As far as I'm concerned, he doesn't even have a name. Fuck. Why are we doing that? We could get the parents with some soldiers. Fine, that's cool. To the house and do the whole, like, oh, is she dead reveal thing without all of that. That is, like, that is at least two minutes, two, three minutes of footage you can cut out. You don't need it. Nobody needs it. Nobody sees and needs to see them trying to, like, drag this soldier into this Humvee, like, narrowly escaping Godzilla, you know? Don't need to see that. Just get him in the fucking Humvee and they narrowly escape Godzilla. Fuck, fuck. <laughs> All of that being said, it's really good. It is really good. I had a fun time. Yes, there are frustrating things, horribly frustrating things, but this is a step in the right direction. They are making the necessary changes because when the fights are full on, fuck, it's awesome. 
Rodan's like whole thing where like in the original movie, he does like knock buildings over and shit when he flies through and stuff. Uh, and the wind is so fucking powerful and man, they, they throw that on and he's fucking fire powers and everything. Uh, Mothra is so cool. They spend a lot of the movie keeping Mothra undercover of light really. And, uh, when she finally comes in for the battle to fucking fight, Man, is she amazingly cool. They've given her pincers and like a fucking, they've given him a bar, her a barb on her tail, uh, whatever you call that part of the insect and stuff. So now she can really get in the shit because yes, those old movies are cool. Mothra versus Godzilla and stuff like that. But man, you, you know, she she's always had these stubby little legs and shit. Now she can fucking fight, dude. And it is really cool seeing her and Rodan go at it. Uh, she, she sacrifices herself to help Godzilla, like, uh, so Godzilla can absorb her essence or something like that. And I know she's done that in a different movie for another monster. I can't remember right now exactly what, but yeah, it was so cool. All of the elements, we get to see nuclear, nuclear Godzilla. Fuck. And the way he, he takes out King Ghidorah. Like, I love these creative final fucking moves that they, they've been giving him in these films. Uh, the first one was he he breathes the atomic breath down the creature's throat and rips its head off. This time, he's swallowing uh, Ghidorah's last head while fucking charging up his atomic breath and then blows the shit out of it. Ah, it's so awesome. It's so cool seeing that type of shit. I love it. So when you do, when we are deep in these fights, like we spend some time with these fights and it is really, really fun. And uh, man, I can't wait for the future of this franchise. I can't wait for Kong versus Godzilla because while a lot of people are saying like, well, what we've seen from Kong Skull Island is cool and he he's not a pushover, like, Godzilla's got so much more going on, so many more powers, so much more invulnerable. Uh, like, how can Kong do it? And uh, the creative ways they keep doing these movies and keep moving these uh, characters around and like, oh, wow, now, like, fuck, is Godzilla about to die here? And he does die. Oh, wow. Uh, side note, Oxygen Destroyer. Like, yeah, from back in the, the original film. Loved that little nod. Felt like it could have meant more, but the fact that it was in here at all was just nice to see, you know? But yeah, uh, I feel like they have been creative enough with these films to really treat Kong versus Godzilla in, in an appropriate manner. Uh, I, again, they're taking steps in the right direction, so I'm all in. I'm all in. Let's do some Kong versus Godzilla. There's that uh, after credits teaser where it turns out, you know, uh, fucking that one bad dude <laughs> from the movie buys one of King Ghidorah's heads. And uh, I'm all about, like, where the fuck does that go? Because I'm thinking Mecha Ghidorah, you know, eh. Ah, fuck yes. Uh, like, maybe, maybe the, like, after Kong versus Godzilla, they're like, okay, Godzilla is kind of turning on us. Now he's kind of doing whatever he wants and, like, this is kind of getting fucked up. We need to fight him. Boom, Mecha Godzilla. And then, all of a sudden, while Mecha Godzilla and Godzilla are fighting, fucking, here comes fucking Mecha King Ghidorah. Oh, shit. Or, ah, uh, fuck, I don't even think that's his name, but whatever. Super cool ideas there. Ah. Uh, as soon as you want to pay me to write it, I'll write it. I don't care. I'm fuck. I'll probably write it anyways. But yeah, uh, I had a good time. You will definitely have a good time. Again, this one is worth price of admission. I had a, mo a lot more fun with this than I did Detective, P Detective Pikachu, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Anyways, guys, that is going to do it for me on this episode. If you like this episode, like it. Subscribe if you loved it. For real, guys, these things help analytics. When you like something, you heart something, it matters. And it does something for us. It puts us in front of at least one more person. So that's one more thing. And if that person likes, that puts us in front of another two people, maybe. And, and so on and so forth. You're checking this out somewhere while here. Why not comment any of your thoughts on today's stories or movies? What are you getting caught up on? Let me know in the comments down below. That helps me engage with you. That helps me talk to you. And I do enjoy uh, responding to thoughts and criticisms. Uh, I have a lot of 
fun with that type of stuff. Share this episode. Sharing, again, puts us in front of more people, and that can only help. Hit that bell down below on YouTube if you want to know when the newest episodes are up. Like our nerd news page, Sort of My Comics, on Facebook, and follow Sort of My Podcast on Instagram, where, as well as the subject to change entertainment Facebook and Twitter page, you can see new videos that I'm doing. I'm I'm starting out with little skitlets. You know, we're not into full-blown, like, three, four, five-minute skits yet, but... These little videos I've been doing, mostly like 30 seconds to a minute, I've been having a good time. And you can hear my spoiler-free thoughts on the movies I'm seeing right away on those pages uh, because I've been doing one-minute reviews. I didn't do it for Godzilla only because it was like 12 o'clock. It was midnight when we got back, and I I needed to do this in the morning and everything, and uh, I got editing and, and shit ahead of me. I got a lot going on, guys, so... You won't see that one on there, but there is one for Aladdin and uh, Detective Pikachu. So, yeah, check those out. All of the personal social media down in the description below, as well as that link for We're Bad at This at tpublic.com. tpublic.com slash We're Bad at This. My name is Vincent Herman, Vin the Human, and cue that sellout outro music.